Hey there, before we get started, we want to take a moment to thank you for tuning in to the Kuhau Podcast. We hope it encourages you and draws you closer to Jesus as you listen. Let's get excited for this message and let's get ready to hear from God. I will not deny uh, nor confirm that uh, I enjoy a good game of poker. Anybody like cards? I didn't say for money. Anybody like cards? Sinners. I, I love playing uh, a good game of poker. One time I was out with the boys and we had a you know, guys night. We're playing poker and, and uh, one of my uh, friend's son, uh, he's 11 years old and he said, you know, can I play? And all the other guys were like, mm, but of course the dad was just like, guys, you don't mind, right? My son can play with us. And we were like, okay, sure. And so uh, they deal the cards and uh, we put our chips in and uh, right off the bat, right off the bat, I see that I have a full house. I have a full house. I'm excited. I'm like, I'm like, I'm going to win very first hand. I'm going to slow play it, but I'm going to crush this moment. And so uh, I actually didn't slow play it. I, I went all in. And as I watch all my friends drop out, they're like, I fold, I fold, I fold. Uh, I'm like, yes, I'm going to win at the first hand. Like, I'm going to put fear in these guys' hearts. And then the 11-year-old boy says all in. And he pushes his chips in the middle. And I said, okay. I had to put my, you know, I'm like deciding like what I should do in this moment. Like, do I put my pastor hat on and like, you know, like let him take it? Or so I actually had a moment, a quick moment with the Holy Spirit. I bowed my head. I closed my eyes. I, I prayerfully and divinely come to the conclusion that I am going to wipe the floor with this kid. I'm going to crush this kid's heart right from the beginning. And so as I put my full house down, I'm smiling. I'm reaching for all the chips because we went all in. And then all of a sudden, this little 11-year-old boy says, is this a good hand? And he puts down his four threes. My heart sank into my stomach as the kid took all the chips to his side, and I had to watch the rest of the game with popcorn in my hand and watch this kid with the biggest smile on his face. For those of you who do not know, four of a kind always beats a full house. Four of a kind always beats a full house. I call this talk four of a kind the power of relationship. Let's pray. Jesus, help us. Amen. If you have your Bibles, you can open up to Mark chapter 2. We're going to read verses 1 through 12. Uh, there should be on the screens. And I'll go ahead and read it. It says, a few days later, when Jesus again entered Capernaum, the people heard that he had come home. They gathered in such large numbers that there was no room left, not even outside the door, and he preached the word to them. Some men came bringing to him a paralyzed man carried by four of them. Since they could not get him to Jesus because of the crowd, Luke 5 says, when they could not find a way, they made an opening in the roof above Jesus by digging through it, by digging through it, by digging through it, and then lowered the mat the man was lying on when Jesus saw 
their faith, he said to the paralyzed man, son, your sins are forgiven. Now some teachers of the law were sitting there thinking to themselves, why does this fellow talk like that? He's blaspheming. Who can forgive sins but God alone? Immediately Jesus knew in his spirit that this was what they were thinking in their hearts. And he said to them, why are you thinking these things? Which is easier to say to this paralyzed man, your sins are forgiven, or to say, get up, take your mat, and walk. But I want you to know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. This is an I am God statement. This is an open declaration of Jesus' authority. The, the physical was about to back up the verbal statement. And so he said to the man, I, I tell you, get up, take your mat, and go home. He got up, took his mat, and walked out in full view of them. All this amazed everyone, and they praised God, saying, we have never seen anything like this hashtag goals first verse zero to a hundred real quick people heard that jesus was in the house man if we would just spread the word that jesus is in the house that jesus is in who how i mean that's enough right there musicians could come back up i'm kidding i'm not done but if we would just keep spreading the news and keep spreading the word, man, some stuff could pop off. Some amazing things could happen. Some miracles could happen. Jesus could do what he wants to do in so many lives. If we just keep spreading the word, all of Staten Island, Staten Island should know that Jesus is in the house. People should be busting through the roofs to get into the presence of Jesus. So let's keep spreading that news. So there's a house party. It's jam-packed, sold-out crowd. Jesus was ministering. People were listening. There was a meeting already in progress. And stage left, there's this paralyzed man. Might have heard that Jesus was in town. Might have heard that Jesus had come home. Might have heard that Jesus was in the house, but he couldn't get there on his own. There's also these four men, these four guys. Four guys in relationship, four guys that knew this guy's situation, four guys uh, that saw him in his situation. And these four guys made a decision that their friend, that this fifth guy would not stay in that situation. They made a decision that they would get involved in his life, that he would not stay in this situation. They, they didn't just say, hey, we're going to help him in his situation, like give him a dollar or something. But they said, hey, we're going to help him out of his situation. They were determined that this guy needs to get to Jesus and so they all bend down they all grab a corner and they lift with their knees and they carry him on his mat sidebar lots of Christians say man I want to go to the four corners of the earth but don't want to bend down and pick up a corner of someone's mat Christians come on we got to bend down and pick up someone's corner to help them get to Jesus now how much did this guy weigh I don't know it's not easy to carry someone but it's a lot easier when you have four people with you. What kind of paralysis? I don't know. He obviously had one that would prevent him from walking on his own. Whose fault was it that this, uh, that this guy was paralyzed? Like, how, how did he get like this? Uh, who, who did this to him? Was it his fault? Was it his parents' fault? Was it someone else's fault? Was he born like this? I don't know, but does it matter? So many times we get caught up in like these questions, like superficial things that get us distracted from really helping someone get to their Jesus 
moment. It doesn't matter. All the questions of the past don't matter, man. Let's just pick up someone's mat and, and help them get to Jesus. So the four guys pick the man up. I love this. They all have to have the same vision. They all have to be walking in the same direction. They all uh, have to have the same goal, hashtag four of a kind, hashtag power of relationship. They all had to be healthy and strong, or at least healthy and strong enough. I want to pause here and ask us, do we have the right four of a kind in our lives? Are we in relationship with people that will do whatever it takes to get us to Jesus. Point one, life change happens through relationship. This guy's whole life changes because he had some people in his life that were healthy and strong and determined and invested in his life. These four guys had to be healthy to get their friend to Jesus. If you've ever been sick and you're anything like me, big baby, you can't do anything on your own. You can't even help yourself, let alone help somebody else. You got to be healthy to help somebody else. Be healthy, and you need healthy people in your life to help you when you're sick. So do we surround ourselves with people that want the same things, that have the same, same vision as us, that are walking in the same direction, that are life-giving and joy-filling? Do we have people in our lives that are adding value to our lives, that are cheering us on and celebrating us to keep going? I have a friend that runs the New York City Marathon, 26.2 miles. I'll do like the .2 miles. Uh, my friend noticed that whenever she was around the seven mile mark, she'd run seven miles, and then she would just get exhausted and she wanted to quit, and so she had this idea, she actually got do the math, she got four of her friends, uh, that's total coincidence, but she got four of her friends and she told them, hey, would you stand at certain markers? So you stand at mile seven and you stand at mile 14 and you stand at mile 21 and you stand at, at the finish line. And every time she would come around those seven miles where she was exhausted and wanted to give up, she'd see one of her friends cheering her on and celebrating her and it put wind in her sails and she was able to keep running and keep fighting and keep going. Man, why go to church? Why, why join a ministry? Why, why get in growth track? Because life change happens through relationship. We have to be connected to the body. If we've ever seen an episode of Criminal Minds, we would know that detached body parts are gross. <laughs> Isolation's not good even during COVID. Loneliness is not good. Even God said that at creation, man, sometimes we allow fear and shame and hurt and bitterness to like put us in solitary confinement and we try to do life by ourselves and it's just no good. You, you need people in your corner. You need people cheering you on. You need people celebrating you. Don't do this life alone. It's too hard. You need a spotter. We need, remember the buddy system, like hold hands, don't go alone. That's what we need in life. We have to have a circle, and the circle isn't about how many really, but what kind. Like-minded community to help us be healthy so we can help others be healthy. Hashtag growth track, hashtag get in a small group, hashtag come to church, hashtag join a ministry. 
be involved with people that are checking up on us, like people that are allowed to see the real stuff, like see the unfiltered stuff, like, like not just like the, the stuff that we post, you know, with the smiles and we go through a thousand pictures and find that right one. Man, that people that would be allowed to really see who we are, like they could FaceTime us at any moment and, and bypass the smile, like, hey, your face looks great, but man, how's your heart? People that we could be transparent with and honest with. I've been paralyzed. If you know my story, I actually went through a divorce and it crippled me for years. This was 11 years ago. If I'm honest, I still go through stuff. I still have hard moments. I, I thank God that I have Pastors Roe and Lisa and others in my life, people that are going to bypass my smile and be like, Jordan, how are you for real? Like, not the how are you, hey, I'm fine, quick answer, and you keep it moving. Like, for real, like, how are you? Like, how's your heart? Like, your smile looks great, but... How's your heart? You're going through some stuff. We all go through some stuff. Anybody not go through stuff? I want to meet you. <laughs> we all go through some stuff. Who in your life is stronger than you? Who in your life is healthier than you? Who in your life is invested in you being the best you that you could ever be, man? Get some people in your life that are going to hold your hand, that are going to hug you, that are going to cry for you, that are going to complain for you, that are going to lift you up, that are going to tear roofs open so that you could get to Jesus. I want some people in my corner that are going to do that for me, that are going to look past the obstacles and, and past the full house and past all the, the struggles and, and do whatever it takes to get me to... Jesus, so when I'm down, they're going to lift me up. And when I can't walk on my own, they're going to be there to carry me and surround me. And no matter how much I weigh, no matter how much the, the problem weighs, man, they're going to do whatever it takes to get me to Jesus. And so someday then, when I can get healthy, then I want to be that somebody for someone else. You know, when we die, you have pallbearers. Traditionally, there's four. And those are the people that are going to lift up the casket that your body's Laid in, they're going to bring you to your place of rest. I want people in my life while I'm still living that are lifting me up so that I could be resting in peace all the days of my life, not just when I'm dead. I want to make sure so I have some people in my life that are carrying me and lifting me up and taking me to that place of rest, to that place of peace, to that place of Jesus. You talk about strength in numbers. This is strength in numbers. We can't do this by ourselves. So, they walk however far, they, they're carrying their friend who weighs however much, and they get to the house, and there's a problem. The healing's there, the, the breakthrough is there, the, the, the miracle's over there, but we are over here. And there's all this stuff stopping us. And I'm sure they checked every opening, walked around the house, so, okay, you go that way, I'll go this way, you two stay with him. Checking every window, every door, every, like every crevice of the house. How in the world are we going to get in here? And they run around the house and they meet up and they, there's no way in. And they, they could have said, man, we tried. We gave it our best shot. I mean, we carried our friend all the way here. We gave it our best shot. There's just no way in. What's for dinner? Let's go home. They could have. But these guys said, nah, we're not letting these things Stop us. We're not letting the obstacles and the problems that are in front of us. We're not letting this stop us. We're, we're going to get creative. We're going to figure out a way. We're going we're gonna, to we're gonna figure out how to get our friends to Jesus. And they're looking around this way and that way. 
And then, I mean, imagine this. Put yourself in the story. <coughs> Someone looks... Someone looks up. Somebody say, someone looks up. Come on, someone looks up. Point two, life change happens through a shift in perspective. Hey guys, what? Look up. Somebody write that down if you're in the chat. Look up. Let's take it up top. Let's tear the roof off this place. When there was no way, they looked up. When the game seemed over, they looked up. When things seemed impossible, they looked up. When everything seemed hopeless, they looked up. When they needed help, they looked up because nothing supernatural happens unless we look up. And maybe by this time, the paralyzed guy, he's like, guys, it's cool. I appreciate everything you've done for me, but man, I've been like this for years or possibly all his life. And maybe he's like, guys, it's cool. Don't worry about it. There's no way in. You guys try to, I appreciate you, but it's over. But the four friends, they didn't look down. They looked up. They said, I am not quitting my friend because if I quit my friend, he's going to stay in this paralyzed, ostracized, left out, struggling position. Uh, he's going he's to never reach the full potential and walk in the way that Jesus really has for him to walk. There's no way I'm giving up on my friend because if I leave him here, he's just going to stay in the same position. And I, I know God's got some plans for him. So, man, we're looking up and we're figuring this thing out. We're doing whatever it takes to get our friend to Jesus and so somehow they get up on the roof they get their friends on the roof they, they figure out right they they get on the roof and they figure out they're like all right Jesus is probably right here and and so so this is where we gotta cut a hole in the roof so that we could get our friends in front of Jesus they start to dig they start to break through some stuff can I tell you that the breakthrough only happens when the breakthrough happens? Sometimes we got to dig through some stuff. Sometimes we got to break through some stuff. Man, sometimes we got to break through some stuff to get our breakthrough. We got to break through discouragement. We got to break through laziness. We got to break through our own apathy. We got to break through people. Sometimes people get in the way. We got to break through me. Sometimes me gets in the way. Break through sadness, break through hurt, break through depression. Breakthrough is not just some magical instant moment. Just because Jesus said it's, it's finished doesn't mean that there's no work for us to do. Breakthrough takes investment. Breakthrough takes some digging. Breakthrough takes some breaking through. Breakthrough takes some energy from us to get where God's calling us to be. Some of you need to hear that today. You need to stop sitting around waiting for something to happen and actually start digging and, and putting some work in and breaking through some tough Stuff. Now back to the story. Imagine like everyone in the house. I mean, it's packed, 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 jam-packed people outside the door. And maybe the people in the house, remember, Jesus is teaching. People are all there. And maybe they hear like a ladder hit the side of the house. You ever get distracted in church? You're like, what is going on out there? Ladder hits the side of the house. And then maybe you, you hear some footsteps up top. And then maybe you, you, you hear some scratching and some digging. And, and then all of a sudden they get a little hole and a little light is shining through. And dust particles are hitting people in the face. And ceiling, parts of the ceiling are hitting people in the face. Like, what is happening up there? And four guys get the hole big enough to fit their friend. 
through and somehow lower their friend right in front of Jesus. And man, they didn't care that Jesus was in the middle of something. They didn't care that there was a lot of other people that had gotten there before them. Possibly all these other people had needs too, that there was a line to get to Jesus. They didn't care that there was a service itinerary. They didn't care that there was kind of a service flow. They didn't care about anything that was happening in the house. They didn't care about, about Michelle or DJ or Stephanie or, or Joey or, or, or Danny or Uncle Jesse or anybody else in the full house. Man, all they cared about was getting their friends to Jesus. Life change happens through helping others encounter Jesus. What would happen if some men and some women would stop caring about the inconvenience or the discomfort or what's frowned upon or what's not the norm, breaking some rules, uh, what's happening in the moment and doing whatever it takes to get somebody to Jesus. When I look at Jesus, I'm like, Jesus didn't care about the norms. He didn't care about the religious protocols. He didn't uh, care about what was happening. He did whatever it took. Tore the roof off, tore the heavens open, and paid our debt. And he's there to carry us and take on our weight and take us to a higher place and lift us up and pray for us and fight for us and heal us and forgive us. And there's no full house or obstacle that could stop what he wants to do in your life. He's called us to be productive. He wants us walking like he wants us walking. And he's going to do whatever it takes. And so we should do whatever it takes as well to get people to Jesus. And you know what's crazy? It doesn't even say that after they lowered their friend that the guys were up top, like, lower themselves. Maybe they had needs too. Didn't matter. They cared about their friend. They were like, this guy needs to get to Jesus. And that's all that matters. And now because of the faith of the four of a kind, this persistent faith, this breakthrough faith, because of their faith, Jesus heals their friend, power of relationship. And not just physically. Actually, the, the physical wasn't even first. Uh, imagine they, they get their friend in front of Jesus, and Jesus says, my son, your sins are forgiven. And the four up top, looking down through the hole. Okay, he's forgiven. Great. Hey, hey, hey Jesus, I appreciate that you forgave him and all. But we were kind of hoping that we wouldn't have to carry him back. Like, like that's, that's not exactly what we asked for. We were hoping that you'd, you'd help him to walk. Uh, that's, that's not what we were actually doing all this for. That, that's not what we were asking for. And Jesus is like, I know, but that's what he needs. Jesus knows us a lot better than we know ourselves. See, so many times we, we think we, we know our problems. And most of the times we, we rest in the, in the physical world of things. They're like, man, if I could just walk, then I'd be happy. If I had this status, then I'd be happy. If I had this job, then, I have, then I'd be happy. If I had this much money, then I'd be happy. If I was famous on TikTok, then I'd be happy. If I had this many Instagram followers, then I'd be happy. We, we think we know the problems plaguing our life, but Jesus is like, man, that has nothing to do with it. You think it's a physical paralysis that's holding you back, but man, it is a spiritual paralysis that's actually holding you back. It's your hurt, it's your bitterness, it's your lack of joy, it's your laziness, it's, it's these things that are actually keeping you from walking how Jesus wanted us 
to walk. And God's like, man, let me deal with this. Then I can deal with all that stuff. But let me touch the spiritual part, and then we can deal with that. He forgives first. He goes inside out. Then after eternal life is taken care of, hey, you need to walk until you live forever? Sure, we can take care of that. And he heals him physically. I love that he cares about both. He cares about the physical and the spiritual. Uh, why, do, why do us as churches, why do we feed the, the homeless and feed the hungry and give out backpacks and, and do all these kinds of things for the community? Because Jesus cares about both the physical and the spiritual. And we believe both can happen. So Jesus says, take your mat and walk. Go home. Go on. Get up out of here. And the guy gets up and he grabs his mat. Could you imagine the very first step? Could you imagine the very first step? This guy gets up. This guy gets up, right? Like, he gets up, he grabs his mat, and he has to take this step of faith. He has to take that first step. Some of you guys just need to take the first step. You got to take the first step. You take that first step and you're like, oh, I can do this. Oh, the second step. Oh, the third step. And, and you realize that this guy is now here. He came in through the roof, right? He came, he came through the roof because what? Because the house was full. There was no way of getting inside the house that, so from the, the back of the house, wherever the door was. There was no way of getting to Jesus through the house because there were so many people. And so he comes through the roof. And so imagine, he's like, okay, now I got to get out of here. He doesn't go through the roof. He walks right through the crowd. So he's like, excuse me, guys. I'm so sorry. I don't want to step on your back. I can't even do this. I don't want to fall here. And he's like, excuse me. I don't want to step on your camera. And he's like, hey, hey, I don't know if you, I'm sorry if I stepped on your hand, but I don't know if you noticed, but 12 seconds ago, I couldn't even do this. Like, I just learned how to walk. Like, this is pretty incredible. You got to see my testimony because before I was on the floor and I was on a mat and somebody had to carry me. Oh, but Jesus, I met Jesus. Somebody got me to Jesus and now I met Jesus and now I could walk and I could do this. And this is incredible moments. He's got to walk through the very things that were holding him back. He's walking through the struggle. He's walking through everything that was holding him back from receiving his healing and his miracle and his breakthrough. Imagine every single step over the crowd, over the very thing that was holding him back. I bet she was so happy every time he stepped on someone's hand. He's like, I'm sorry, but, but, but I couldn't do this 12 seconds ago. And every single step is a step of victory. And every single step is pointing back to Jesus. And I love this. You ready for this? I love this. I love this. I love this. Right? He comes in through the roof. He leaves a different way. Pastor Rose said this in the beginning of service that we're to leave a different way from the way we came in. He, he, he comes in through brokenness, but he walks out whole. He comes in paralyzed but he walks out healed. He comes in bound, but he walks out free. He comes in spiritually crippled, but he walks out forgiven. He, walks, he comes in a sinner, but he walks out a saint. 
He comes in one way, but he leaves a completely different way. And this is the goal. Every time you and I meet with Jesus, oh, we should leave a different way. This is our hope that every time we talk to somebody about, uh, about Jesus, that they would leave a different way, not the way that they came in. Yeah, Jesus loves us, but he loves us way too much to leave us and let us stay as we are. Jesus says, take your mat and go home. When I read the Bible, I ask myself a lot of questions. I'm like, Jesus, why do you have to take his mat? That thing probably stunk so bad. Why do you have to take his mat? Why couldn't he just get up and walk? Why even, I mean, this guy's just learning how to walk. Why would you even put something in his hand that would make it difficult for him to walk out? The mat wasn't really for him. I believe it was for everybody outside the house. See, the people outside the house saw him coming in, carried on a mat, and now he's walking out carrying the mat. The, the testimony has to go beyond the eyewitnesses. The testimony has to go outside the house. So many times us as Christians, we want to hide what we've been saved from. We want to hide all that dirty stuff and stinky stuff. But man, if we had some Christians that would just take their mat and be like, yo, I used to live on this thing. I don't live on this thing no more because I met Jesus. Somebody got me to Jesus and I met him and I had an encounter with him and he set me free and now I can walk on my own. The mat was his message. And man, the joy, oh, the joy that we get to feel when we see others encounter Jesus. Can you imagine the four guys still looking through the hole? They're like looking down, and as the guy starts to take his first steps and walk out the door, they're probably with their head as much as underneath as, as possibly could be walking, uh, watching their friend walk outside now. I imagine that their excitement level was through the roof. But them I imagine that the four guys got so happy that they jumped off the roof, all broke their legs, and were like, Jesus, little help here. I'm kidding. Could you imagine, though, they probably got off that roof so quick and surrounded their friend and celebrated their friend. Man, the power of relationship. Celebrate big events in your friend's lives. Celebrate big moments in your friend's lives, especially when it's Jesus encounters. Man, make a big deal out of that stuff. That's not light stuff. We should never get used to that stuff. And then I think about the ex-paralyzed man. Oh, he must have been so grateful for his friends for figuring out a way and getting creative and looking up and breaking through some stuff and carrying him the extra mile that they would do all this stuff for him. See, because these guys serve, now he could serve. Because they walk, now he could walk. Because they lifted him up, now he could pick up his own mat because, uh, because they did something, now he could do something. And I think about that moment when they were all together celebrating. Man, the power of relationship. We all need this in both ways. People helping us and us helping people. I ask you are, you, are you willing to start the process for someone else? You could say, wait, I'm not a pastor. I'm not qualified. I sinned this morning. I'm not there yet wherever there is. 
Like, like, like I, I don't know how to do that. Like, that's for somebody else. That's for uh, the pastors here in the house. That, that's, that's not for me to invite somebody to church or bring somebody in. Like, could you imagine if anybody have a friend? I mean, especially last year, we had friends that, were, that got sick. Wouldn't you do whatever it took to get them to a place of health? Like, if you see someone drowning, would you just watch them and be like, I'm sorry I don't swim great enough, or I don't know CPR, I don't know all the proper techniques, uh, but I'll find somebody, I I'm going to go get Pastor Roe, uh, maybe he can help you. No way. If we knew the severity and the urgency of the situation that is literally a life and death situation, man, we would do whatever it takes to get them to a place of health, to get them to a place of safety. Let's figure it out. Let's get determined. Let's get desperate. Let's get creative. Let's figure out a way to get more people to Jesus. Outside this community, online, whatever it takes to get people to Jesus. Like when I think of like people being sick and I'm like, man, I, I know the savior of the world. I know the best doctor there is. Uh, like I see people with their problems and I'm like, man, I know the best solution. Why would I keep it to myself? I refuse, I can't, I won't. And so many people out there, whether they met Jesus at one point or never met Jesus, people go through things and, and they have a past and like me, divorce or something else and our past can literally cripple us. Oh, but if we just get people to Jesus, Jesus can, can totally heal all of that emotional stuff, all of that mental stuff, all of that physical stuff, and get us to a place where we're walking healthy, where, where we're running, we're skipping, we're jumping, like our legs finally work again. When we used to be in a place of, man, I don't think I could do this on my own. Musicians, you can come help me. Everything we do, I know Pastor Rose Hart, everything we do, whatever we do as a church, as individuals, it's not to get a full house for full house's sake. It's to get like-minded people together in community doing life together so that we can have healthy people and help others be healthy so that we can keep reaching out and keep reaching out and, and keep reaching out so that other people that are struggling, that are paralyzed, that are crippled mentally, emotionally, spiritually so that they can have an encounter with Jesus. Man, let's, let's think outside the house. Like, let's get creative. Like, what do we have to do to make sure that people know that Jesus is in the house if you gotta nag someone to come to church. If you gotta lie to them and tell them that there's cute boys or cute girls, it's okay to lie to get people in church. I'm kidding, I'm kidding, don't do that. Jesus forgives that, right? Whatever it takes. I probably shared this story, I share this story a lot and I sent a picture, I don't know if we could put that up. Maybe, there we go. The girl on the left, looking down, that's my daughter Marissa. She was, I'm guessing, five years old there. She turns 20 tomorrow and I wanna light myself on fire. I love that kid. So we lived in Peru for 11 years as missionaries and we would do medical campaigns every single Saturday um, and uh, the team would get out there early and I'd, I'd meet the team out there and we'd set up massive tents and we'd have tons of doctors and pediatricians and dentists and 
we had a, we always worked with the local church so they would preach the gospel we'd give out food and we'd give out medicine and it was just it was my favorite days were saturdays and one morning i'm leaving the house and my daughter marissa says dad can i come with you and i said sure baby let's go and we get in the truck and we're about to go i'm pulling out of the driveway and she says wait dad I forgot something. And so she runs out of the car. She runs upstairs. She grabs her purse and she gets back in the car. And I just thought she was being a cute little girl by grabbing her purse. And so we head to the medical campaign and we get there and there's this massive line of people waiting to see a doctor. There's probably 2,000 people, uh, mostly women uh, with their children. And, and they're there and they're waiting. And, and I'm high-fiving all the doctors and high-fiving the dentists and high-fiving the pastor and all the volunteers. And, great job and encouraging them and I'm so excited to get started for the day my daughter's walking behind me high-fiving everybody doing like daddy and then she's like hey she tells one of my volunteers that were or my staff members that were in charge and she says hey I need two chairs here set up next to this table she got real bossy all of a sudden I'm not gonna tell you who she takes after I'm kidding <laughs> she sits in the chair and she takes out her purse and she starts to put all these different nail polishes. All dirty because they paint all over the nail polish bottles and the cap and just gross. And she put them all out and she laid them out and she had them in different colors. And I'm like wondering, what is my baby doing? Like this is, like what is she doing right now? And she goes over to the line, this massive line of women and children mostly. And she goes up to the very first little girl and she says, come with me. And she says it in Spanish and the little girl's holding her mom's hand. And she's like, stranger danger, this little white girl's trying to kill me. And uh, my daughter convinces her. She's like, no, 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 come with me. I have something I want to show you. And so finally, she, reluctantly, the little girl, I mean, literally fear of death is on her face. And she walks over with my daughter and my daughter puts her in the chair. And then my daughter sits in the chair and she says, what color nail polish do you want? And the little girl's face changes from sheer fear of death to like this amazing ray of sunshine like hope filled her heart like it was such an incredible moment and, and I said to myself man she didn't say dad can you go to the store on our way to the medical campaign and buy me nail polish she went into her room used her own resources and said I'm gonna get creative with what I already have and I'm gonna bless somebody else and then all of a sudden you got all these other little girls seeing the, 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 the little Manny petties going on over here. And all these other little girls are like, uh, mom, can I go? I want to get my nails painted too. And then all of a sudden all, all these little girls got online. And then my daughter had a bigger line than I had. And I was like, excuse me, miss. You're fired. I said, if a little six-year-old could do it. Man, how do we get creative? How do we figure out a way to get people to Jesus? I have no idea what that little girl woke up with in the morning. We were in neighborhoods where, I mean, literally like, like in a desert, like no bath, no running water. Like we have no idea what these kids woke up with. What people wake up with, what plagues their mind, what's paralyzing them, what's crippling them. How do we get creative? How do we figure out a way, cool how to get people to Jesus? That's my prayer for us as Christians, for as a church to say, man, how do we get creative to get outside these four walls? It's nice in here. We got air conditioning. It feels good. How do we get outside there, though? There's a lot of hurting people out there. There's a lot of crippled people, a lot of paralyzed people out there. How do we figure out a way to get them to Jesus?
I mean, those four guys, they changed the front door of the church. They took the front door, they put it on the roof, and they said, if we can't get in through the front door, man, we're going through the roof. Ain't nothing stopping us from getting people to Jesus. And so that's my prayer today. For all of us, me included, I want to get more creative. I want to figure out more ways to help people. Now, before I pray for all of us and I give the meeting back to your pastor, maybe there's someone here in the room, maybe online, and you feel like that crippled man. You feel like the paralyzed guy that couldn't get anywhere on his own, that life has just hit you hard and you just feel like, man, what's the, what's the point? I heard that Jesus is good, but he, maybe he could do it for somebody else, but feel like, ah, it's just not, not for me. I want to tell you, we want to be those four of a kind for you, for, for you. We want to be those people in your life that are going to pick you up and however much you weigh, how much your problems weigh, we're going to pick you up and make sure we get you to Jesus. That's what I want to do. And so with all uh, heads bowed and eyes closed, uh, you would, would you repeat after me? Say, Jesus, I give you my whole life. My past is in the past. Oh, I give you my present. I give you my future. I put my whole life in your hands. Forgive my sins. I accept you as Lord and Savior. In the precious name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. You know, I, I could imagine, I could imagine the paralyzed guy maybe walking the next day. Maybe he sees someone else that's crippled. He's walking confident. Maybe he's got a little skip in his step. And I can imagine him like, I seen you move. You move the mountains. And I believe I'll see you do it again. You made a way when there was no way. And I believe I'll see you do it again. If he did it for me, oh man, could he do it for somebody else? See, unbelief says, unbelief says some other time, but not now somewhere else but not here for someone else but man not me faith says anything God did at any other time he's willing to do now anything that God did in any other place he's willing to do here and anything that God did for anybody else he's willing to do for you and for you and for you and for you and for, you and for me I believe he could do it again and again and again and again and so when I walk outside I'm like man God brought me through this situation now I want to be there for someone else. So we got to stay healthy because if you've ever been on a diet, it's not a one-day thing. This is not a one-day prayer. This is not just this moment and we go outside and do whatever we want. Health has to be consistent. And so we got to say, man, I, I want to stay healthy. I want to do the right regimens to stay healthy, the right diet, the right exercise to stay healthy so that we can help others be healthy so that they can help others be healthy constantly getting people to Jesus guys I want to see this place packed out with some healthy people constantly inviting people constantly figuring out a way and getting creative anybody with me would you stand father God I thank you for every person in this room I thank you for every person online oh that you would help us you would help us you would help us to stay healthy so that we can help others 
be healthy. We give you all of our lives. We give you our everyday decisions. Do what only you can do. In the precious name of Jesus, I pray. Somebody say, amen. Once again, we want to thank you for tuning in. Subscribe now and stay connected to all of our latest messages. And if this message really blessed you, pass along the blessing by sharing it with a friend. We pray that you will be given the opportunity to apply this message, and we hope that you enjoy the rest of your day. God bless.